Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Boys here, reporting for Salute's duty. Uh, my name is, of course, Peter O'Donohue, and I would not like to live forever. Um, but joining me are a couple of apes that might want to live forever. So tell me, you apes, do you want to live forever? Private First Class Ethan Palmer reporting that I do indeed want to live forever. Okay. No f- uh, fears death. Yes, yeah. tremendously. <laughs> J- James Miller, I've signed up for the kamikaze operative, so you know my Love's answer. Death. <laughs> well, right. yeah. uh, yearns for it really <laughs> yeah so we've got uh i don't fear death willing to die ethan fears death does not want to die jamie literally trying to die yeah have i i don't know if i i don't know if i've mentioned this but i think i'd be great for an officer because is you're the afraid officer of death? Corps, is the officer corps recruiting well for a lot of reasons but that would, i mean being an officer would help my fear of death that's for sure yeah, I'm a World of Warcraft just... officer. You don't want it, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just gonna complain all the time. All the Seems drama, right? <laughs> uh, Lieutenant, so... Lieutenant, that's my loot drop. I wanted to loot those bodies. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah, all the all of these like middle aged men who I'll act like six year olds that I need to take care of now. What happened to me? Very close uh, to the truth. Anyway. This week, uh, I, I may have mentioned this on air, but I've been promising this one for a while and held true. Uh, this is going to be a suggestion from one of our our listeners in the Netherlands. Shout out uh, to the Netherlands. One of my we favorite read his email I've on air a couple episodes ago. His name was also Peter, and I really like the cut of his jib. Uh, and he clicked here to know more. Um, we'll call him Peter the Puritan. Yeah, Peter the Starship Trooper. Uh, Ethan, where were you? Ethan, where were you in the Netherlands when you went? I've been to Amsterdam. I'd love to go back though. I just love the people, honestly. Everybody I met was so nice and so friendly. Amsterdam is a beautiful city too, and I don't smoke pot. Um, I have in the past, but I I don't do it with any kind of regularity, and I didn't when I was there. So it wasn't like a oh we're gonna go to the Netherlands and do drugs kind of trip. It's just a really beautiful city. The canals are beautiful. Uh, the people are beautiful. There's there's 800 bikes on every single street corner. It's unreal. I've never seen so many bikes in my life. Uh, <laughs> But a uh, beautiful city. Nice. Oh, beautiful. I still haven't been to Europe. I intend to go, uh, you know, again, when it's legal. So I hope everybody's having a good social distancing <laughs> and or quarantine, depending on your country. Uh, ah, we're getting there. Don't worry about it. But thank you to thank you for listening. Thank you to all our new patrons. Um, doesn't seem like the time, but thank you anyway. Um, anyway, <laughs> Peter over in the Netherlands, which he said was semi-locked down at the time. Uh, suggested Starship Troopers, either the book or the film series. Um, I knew the book was like old timey sci-fi, and I knew some 
certain things about the author that are a little bit interesting. So what we're going to be covering is um, the author, Heinlein, and also the novel, Starship Troopers, originally published in 1959, as well as some history That's about that. So this like book at is... at least 15 years ago. Uh, yeah, it, it's... Yeah, like... Man, it's just like so nostalgic for the 80s and stuff so we're doing starship troopers i think that was the year my mom was born like that's a long time ago 59 oh yeah it's it's older than both my parents my parents were 63 and 65 you got young parents beat yeah i know fuck ups is what you're trying to say right they didn't wear i'm almost 30 (laughs) (laughs) so uh the reason i'm not covering the film is because it's well, we'll get into it, but it's more of like a parody film. It's a, it's a satirical film that just talks about how war is bad. Um, yeah. I think war is bad. I think you two would agree personally, uh, if I know you two well enough, not big fans of war. Ethan? Depends on what context. Okay. I well, mean... All right. That's, the, that's not a hard no. <laughs> the, war, the war against the sun? I'm all for it. Oh, that yeah, that's true. Gotta go. Because you're trying pale to kill blonde. Yeah. yeah. He's coming to our planet uninvited. Trying to trying to kill our people and grow our vegetables? I don't think so. I don't fucking I don't think, think so, so, man. I can grow my own vegetables. Thank you very I'm much. I'm doing the Jordan Peterson carnivore diet that gives me violent diarrhea. I don't want the sun growing <laughs> no plants. <laughs> yeah. I haven't started one, so don't knock until you try it, I guess. That's we'll fair. Yeah. yeah, I've never started it, started one nor participated in one. That's really? True. It could be great. Might be great. Yeah. I kissed a boy. I didn't like that very much, but to each their own. Some people like the mink. Uh, no, you kissed me. That's different. Oh, sorry. That was on my <laughs> I birthday. Thought it was, I thought it was mutual. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Archduke uh, Franz Ferdinand got shot, and then Peter's like, "I gotta kiss a boy." Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a it's a uh, domino effect, really. Like, yeah. yeah. So, um, for the film Starship Troopers, have either of you seen it? The first one. Yes, yes. I've seen the first one. Okay. There's no. seven apparently. Seven? Are you kidding? <laughs> one of them's a cartoon. I knew two. I thought maybe three. I never would have guessed seven. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking. I know wild. it's it's I it's between five and ten. I I was looking at it yesterday, obviously, uh, just when I was putting everything together and listening to the audiobook. Have any of you guys read the book from nineteen fifty nine? No. Uh, does it use the N word? Because a lot no, of those old words... actually. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Thank God. It does not. I thought that's where you're going with it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, uh, it's, just, not love, it's not Lovecraft. In. Yeah. This this just in. Jamie hates Harper Lee's uh, To Kill a Mockingbird because it uses the N word. Exactly. And the themes therein, especially defending people from crimes they didn't commit. Uh, so I've seen the first film multiple times. Um, and, uh, like I was just saying, I listened to a big chunk of the audiobook. I listened to about two and a half of the eight hours at time of recording. Um, but I didn't want to spoil it for myself when I was writing and spoil it for anybody who maybe hasn't read the book in the past 60 years, uh, for some reason. <laughs> but, <laughs> and it's still uh, planning. Although I have Dune on my shelf that I'm planning to read and I haven't read yet, so. Oh, uh, uh, Francis Hebert? Yeah, uh, we've had multiple requests to cover Doom and maybe Dune, excuse me, and maybe we will at some point. That's one of those ones I refuse to be on the episode until I actually read the book. So I refuse to cover that until I can properly pronounce Quizhot Sadrach. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we, there may be some light spoilers here from a book from 1959. Uh, if, Mom, you're listening and still have 
fucking starship troopers on your shelf um (laughs) so uh we're gonna start with the uh film here because most of this episode is going to be about the book and also a little bit about the author uh so i'm gonna give a few details about the film just because i find it frankly in retro like after doing all this so much less interesting uh just kind of the way that it came out uh, or was put together and then came out. So Starship Troopers, the film, was directed by Paul Verhoeven, uh, who's also from the Netherlands. So I don't know if old Petey uh, was just uh, National Treasure Paul Verhoeven Starship Troopers on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how people regard him. Yeah, They all know each other there, right? What? It's, they all know each other there. That's how uh, goes, yeah, or right? maybe yeah. like I don't remember his last name. Maybe his maybe his dad is Paul Verhoeven. It was just like maybe maybe have this these is boys Paul talk about me. <laughs> maybe maybe this is Paul Verhoeven just messaging us, be like, please talk about my movie again. Yeah. <laughs> Not many people see Starship okay. Troopers since the nineties. Oh sure, sure, we can look into that. What did you say your name again was? P- Peter. Wait, what? What's your name? Peter? <laughs> <laughs> take one Peter of the names off the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like looking at your email signature. It's Peter. <laughs> what are you gonna say there jamie no i just elaborate on what you guys i love i love peter's technique for taking a drink of his beer is be like uh jamie you're about to say something and then he takes a big pause to take a sip of his beer. <laughs> please god vamp i need my fix <laughs> <laughs> mommy needs her juice yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah uh the original the film the first film came out in 1997 um originally the film was just so there's like kind of like hobo scripts that just like travel around hollywood and sometimes eventually get made um the film argo features one of those scripts the movie argo was just like a cheap script that somebody just decided to give to the cia so they could make a fake movie to get people out of iran um I didn't know about Argo. I thought that was like about the bas- baseball team in Toronto or something. I thought it was about the the guy with the um, the golden fleece. As Jason oh. and the Argonauts. Mm, oh, that's that's my confusion. The baseball okay. team in Toronto was the Blue Jays. He's Toronto thinking of Ar- the football the, team, the Canadian. The Toronto football Argonauts football play football, as far as the I know. Toronto yeah. Argonauts. Yeah. That's they the one. CFL Canadian football. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie doesn't know it's Sprots. Come on. Yeah, it's Good sports joke, James. Thanks, James. <laughs> and back to you, James, with the river. <laughs> back to you with Sprots. Uh, originally, the film script was called Bug Hunt on Outpost 9, or at Outpost 9, excuse me, uh, which okay. was a completely unrelated script that was just kind of like a hobo drifting around Hollywood. Like, although, although the name of the script does sound kind of like the movie, so... Yeah, uh, you'll see why. Uh, so Bug Hunt <laughs> at Outpost 9, uh, which is drifting around Hollywood, and some similarities between Starship Troopers and Bug Hunt had been pointed out to Verhoeven, so he decided to try read the book and try and adapt it. Um, the book apparently made him, quote, bored and depressed, so he simply had Ed Newmeyer describe it to him and then retroactively turned Bug Hunt into Starship Troopers. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Verhoeven and Neumeier had already worked together in the past, most notably on RoboCop, which is okay. another. It's a fantastic I I, fucking movie. I knew I knew Paul Verhoeven from somewhere. Yeah, he directed RoboCop, um, and uh, RoboCop is a satirical film. It satirizes yeah. uh, the militarization of the police and yeah. consumerism, uh, that, yeah. which is why it's set in Detroit and all that. If you haven't seen RoboCop, go watch it. 
I mean, I'll, I'll I'll throw a hat in the ring for Starship Troopers too. I think the movie. Oh is, is yeah, yeah, both, great. Both, like both, the both. CG really does not hold up. Not like RoboCop does better, except for, like when they melt the guy or whatever. I guess like there's moments no, where it's kind of like dude, it looks great. The problem is the Ed two hundred nine. The fucking mech is clearly stop motion. Yeah, and they had to figure out a way to have it not fight RoboCop, so it falls down a flight <laughs> of stairs, and then he just walks away. <laughs> but it, but it was the '80s, and like like that was also a much earlier movie. As Starship yeah. Troopers did did really lean into the like it looks like Starcraft Brood War when you see the Zerg like running around in a cutscene, uh, and it's like that is very 1997 it's, CG yeah. or 1996 CG. Yeah, it came out in '97. For the record, it came out four years after. Jurassic Park and holds up way worse than yeah. Jurassic well, Park. Well, it used CG. Jurassic Park was all animatronics and practical effects, right? Yeah, that's true. Real- Jurassic Park, I think, has like two and a half minutes of CG total or something like that. But If yeah. even. I think maybe the remastered version. Because uh, Spielberg was super against CG for a long time. Like, he was outspoken against, like, computer animation, which is, I mean get with the times okay boomer right yeah like, <laughs> okay one of the most talented directors who's ever lived <laughs> for jurassic park it, i think the reason why it looks so good is it had really great casting with the dinosaurs themselves yeah. uh, they, got, <laughs> yeah. they got the right triceratops for the role you know so yeah i don't exactly. know i thought he phoned it in a little when he was like lying on his side breathing really heavy i was like come uh, on dude all of the dinosaurs it. except for uh, the fast ones in jurassic park are female so i want to say very progressive casting on spielberg's part to have a mostly female cast in 1993 yeah right think about that that t-rex is still getting work uh she was uh, cast recently uh opposite octavia spencer in some uh, period piece i'm sure uh i think king kong's to thank for that because he was just a horror on the set and you know so they tried to go with the female cast afterwards yeah exactly yeah 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 i love how uh after king kong was released in the 1930s they never hired a male actor again (laughs) 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 it was all females from then on out yeah i was gonna say godzilla did men in drag after king kong was just a diva on set it's all women (laughs) every actor is a woman with a fake mustache (laughs) um so yeah, anyway, that that's about the movie. Uh, it was an unrelated script. Uh, Verhoeven tried to read the book. It made him sad, and he hated it. And so he just had a, somebody else try and retroactively adapt uh, the film. Um, the film adaptation, due, due to the fact the person who directed the film uh, didn't read the book, uh, it's basically in name only. Um, characters have been entirely re- rewritten or combined. Uh, one character named Dizzy. Uh, is gender swapped into a hot lady so that the film can put in a love triangle. Um, and while the character spoilers for the movie, Dizzy still dies. She dies towards the end of the film, opposed to Dizzy in the book. Spoilers for the book, dies early on. So Dizzy, yeah. not long for this world. Sometimes she's hot, though. So sometimes less long for this world. Because sometimes at the beginning of the book instead of at the end. Of the movie. Uh, the main character, Johnny Rico's motivation was completely changed in the film as well. Uh, he joins the army because his girlfriend, Carmen, wants to be a pilot. Um, mm-hmm. A woman named Carmen wants to be a pilot in the novel, but she's actually a minor character. Uh, Johnny in the novel finds women fascinating, but shows no desire for them sexually. Okay, that's a, that's a very uh, weird stance. I feel the same way about butterflies, I guess. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, right. Rainbows, waterfalls, yeah. yeah. Which I, I mean, which I don't go chasing because I don't want to I mean, fuck them. 
Heavens, no. Yeah. No. Never uh, like waterfalls. This is mainly, this is less of a Johnny is not a sexual entity. It's more of the fact that uh, in the book, he spends so much time being moved between different spaceships and different platoons. There ain't no time for romance sort of thing. Okay. Uh, because the waterfall novel... would always go down on you though, right? So that's kind of cool. That's not cool. Uh, oral sex, Jamie? That's the, the devil, okay? That's okay. the devil right there. Unless you had some oh skills God, in dude. there. Damn. Keep, keep your clothes on. Keep the lights out. That's what I always say. Just through a sheet. I only fuck my waterfall through a hole in a sheet. <laughs> That's how waterboarding was invented. <laughs> Put the sheet over my head. Just like, like, just like... Oh, man. I should tell somebody about this. You lay the sheet on her, but then you don't realize that it, she's upside down underneath it. You know, it's it's a big yeah. mess. <laughs> so another note about the film: uh, there's only one alien race, and it is the arachnids or the bugs, uh, who in the film have had their abilities severely nerfed. Uh, in the oh, novel, my. every single one of the arachnids has like a acid or plasma ability, opposed to in the movie where they have like certain artillery bugs. Sort of, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you and mean? then most of them like run up and pinch things with claws or hit things with big like scythe arms. Yeah, most of the you... arachnids in the movie are big running knives, basically, yeah. or like pliers that just like cut people in half. They have a couple of like flamethrower bugs. They have artillery bugs, and they do still have the brain bug, which we will mention later, which is the commander sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have guns. Oh, sorry, I, I was just picturing straight up bugs, but these bugs have actual weapons. Okay. No, they don't. Like they Zerg. just have like... They're like Zerg. They're Zerg yeah. from They can spit acid or fire or plasma. They're an alien race of imperialistic bugs, so they've evolved guns, basically. In the <laughs> novel, that is. Bio-guns, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Not, just, like, just like these ones. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm flexing. I'm flexing everyone at guns, home. Gun show, baby. <laughs> Without taking things too far off the rails, I saw this thing on Reddit today of uh, it's an old fashioned mouse trap, and you have to pack a gunpowder into it and a little like <laughs> bullet, and then it's like the trigger is basically all the way down, and you put the food under the trigger, so the the mouse has to squeeze under the trigger and push it up, which makes it shoot a cannonball into the mouse's face. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Got him. I saw that something so like that once. I saw something like that once, which was like uh, the the most ridiculous patents. One of which was similar to that, but worse. In which it was a mouse trap that was mostly just a spring loaded rack that you actually had to mount and like lock in your own revolver. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a, it was just it was just a thing you could attach a six shooter to. That would shoot a mouse in the face. I love, I love the idea. Handgun. I love the idea of like an antsy American and like somebody breaks into their house in the middle of the night. They're like, "Where the hell's the mouse traps?" It's like running around, like scrambling, like grabs it everywhere. A piece of cheese at the end of it, like. Dude, even even more than that too. Okay, I found this. Out. There's a guy on YouTube and he has Mouse Trap Mondays where he goes over mouse traps. But like, imagine you're you you're sleeping. And you hear bang! Gunshot <laughs> comes off. Horrible. Lights come out at like three in the morning. Like it's horrible. No way. It was like in the barn or something. But frankly, you could just get a fucking barn cat and get it a gun. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like a, well, at least, could, at least it's responsible. It's not like a. It's not like a machine with a just with a switch on it. 
<laughs> that and we're tangenting further, uh, much to Jamie's chagrin. But uh, <laughs> I, that reminds me of that classic image of an octopus holding eight handguns pointing at a cat and the cat just saying you're one short buddy <laughs> <laughs> it's a galoctopus yeah. oh my god <laughs> uh, credit so, to whoever drew that comic first yeah brilliant uh the final note about the film and the differences uh obviously with the movie is that even the central government of earth has been completely renamed so <laughs> like they changed the characters they changed the plot they changed the setting basically they changed the name of the government um if you just had any other movie and put starship troopers on the cover you'd basically be as close pride and prejudice it would work as well yeah uh eat pray, <laughs> bugs with julia roberts just being yeah, set yeah. in space or some shit i don't know what the fuck that movie's yeah. about so um the re- me neither uh one of the reasons Whoa, i chose someone this- got a mouse yeah, yeah. <laughs> mousetrap in the background. Somebody outside. <laughs> that was my humane mousetrap. It's just a trebuchet that just launches them 300 meters into a field. <laughs> <laughs> Although my my barn's got a roof, so I don't know if they're making it out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, launches them 300 if i mean if i if i ever own a house bordering a field i'll try and set that up because that's a humane way like um, i don't think a mouse would be negatively impacted by a 300 meter trebuchet ride i think they're probably light enough where they wouldn't get hurt when they hit the ground yeah exactly maybe they'd never see their family again but i don't even know if they'd realize you know yeah are they smart (laughs) enough to miss their families i don't know question for another day i suppose (laughs) <laughs> so, one of the reasons I wanted to dive into the novel and not into the film, despite the fact that production of the film is quite strange, uh, is some of the themes of the novel novel have been uh, overly mil- been described by some uh, people as overly uh, militaristic or fascistic. Yeah, that's yeah, what I've heard. I've never again. I've never read the book, but that's always it, what I've it, heard. Exactly. Like, that- I had heard that as well, and I was just like, ooh, controversy, you say. <laughs> Fascistic, like fascism, or what? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So we'll get into the author next, uh, which, frankly, I had to cut huge parts of this, because uh, the author is one of the most fascinating people I have ever accidentally started researching. I feel like every American author in the 1950s was just the most like interesting character who just like did copious amounts of drugs and... like. Did you ever see the shootout of uh, what's his face, the um, the journalist in his backyard with oh, yeah. the, the fucking guy across the field? And they're just shooting guns at each other. Yeah, he's like this is what it's like to be an American. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, so to make a proper satirical film, um, Verhoeven took the basically trivia that he knew about Starship Troopers just as far as he could. So yeah. while I said the production was kind of over, we just got a couple of overlapping things here to, to fade into the next part. Also, I apologize if you find this episode too long. There was a lot. You're doing, you're doing the DJ, like, switch the record right now. The, the, the author the author talk is the the, the fader slide. As it, it's going yes, to exactly. The record yeah. on the right. That's, that's what ultimately I've wanted to do, is I've built a catalog of at least... 170 hours of podcast garbage so that I can eventually be a mediocre SoundCloud rapper. I I have not figured out a better way to get herpes. (laughs) I'm fairly certain one doesn't exist. I'm at a loss, frankly. So SoundCloud rapper it is. Um, 
Michael Ironside, uh, who is one of the actors in the film, sweet name. Oh. And he was also I thought the, you were going to say that was the author of the book. I was like, no, what? No, no, That's a uh, very fascist name. Michael Ironside is, is also the original and best voice for Sam Fisher in Splinter Cell. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, he asked Verhoeven why he was making a right-wing movie, uh, to which Verhoeven replied, quote, if I tell the world that a right-wing fascist way of doing things doesn't work, no one will listen to me. So I'm going to make the perfect fascist world. Everyone is beautiful. Everything is shiny. Everything has big guns and fancy ships, and it's only good for killing fucking bugs. <laughs> uh, Casper Van Dien was cast as the lead, who, if you've ever seen him, is one of the most Aryan-looking men around. Uh, his jawline looks like someone sculpted a handsome man out of a attractive cinder block. Like, he is <laughs> perfectly blonde, perfect hair, blue eyes. He's in phenomenal shape in... Uh, in 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 Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Yeah. What the fuck am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and with a name I got distracted like Cas- imagining what he looked like. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> with a name like Casper, he's probably so white his skin is translucent, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> he's one of those like uh, anatomy things where you can see through the skin. He's got the clear plastic shell. Yeah. Yeah. You can take his liver out and pop it back in. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's that was Hitler's dream. He's just like, ah, oh, I want Lego Man. Damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, the the perfect Ubermensch. I can take out his liver at will. <laughs> Transparent. That's what he wanted. Yeah. Um, sadly, uh, this didn't work because at the time reviewers saw the movie and people who review films and uh, even before like hate clicks and clickbait were the only thing left in the industry. Uh, film reviewers were still smooth-brained idiots, uh, and they were just like, wow, Verhoeven made a fascist movie, and we don't like it. Yeah. So and, again, the- and again, like, coming from Robocop, which is, like, almost satire of the same, like, concept, like, over-militarization, gun control, like, all, it's, all these it's things. It's fascist cops instead of fascist military. It's I the know, same like, fucking it's, thing, exactly. It's so crazy that people just, that people miss it so much. But, I mean, I think audiences at the time really, like, it didn't do well at the box office, which I guess a lot of that credit goes to the, the critics at the time, right? Because yeah. uh, you well, can't exactly the, go on, like, message boards. Like, what kind of internet was there in 1997? None, yeah. really. To talk there, about. Was. Yeah. there was there, but yeah there was, people uh, completely missed the point he made a big dumb goofy cartoon about people killing bugs and people were just like wow this goofy movie about silly fascists is far too fascist and i don't <laughs> like it yeah. so that was the problem so uh let that be a lesson to you kids uh nuance is not dead because frankly it never stood a fucking chance it's been <laughs> it's just been 23 years and still nobody gets it <laughs> Um, one of the things about the movie that bothered a lot of people is the opening propaganda film for the army is a borderline shot for shot remake of Triumph of the Will, uh, which is a 1935 pro-Nazi film made by Lenny Reifenstahl, who was a film director in Germany at the time. And a fun mm-hmm. fact about her, uh, she lived to be 101 years old. She like the Dalmatians. Yeah, <laughs> just like the Dalmatians. One she year only died for every in two thousand and three. Mm, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, now uh, we haven't really had the issue thus far, but just as a quick note, despite the fact we're going to be discussing uh, discussing fascism like as a concept and presumably uh, mocking it, God willing, it's a comedy podcast. Uh, I will ask that we don't immediately default to calling everything Nazis. 
because the Nazis are fascists, but not all fascists are Nazis, sort of thing. Fair. Yeah, like the square and the rectangle thing. You draw a weird line in the sand for me, but okay. Yeah, like, okay. Why, though? (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, the book is, I wouldn't say positive, but interesting at the very least. And if (laughs) if we just default to the same joke over and over and over again, come on. Um, Pete anyway. says he's better than that. I am better than Ethan? the Nazis. Quote Peter Ethan, O'Donoghue. Not so sure. <laughs> so, Starship Troopers was written by Robert Heinlein and published in 1959. Uh, Heinlein was born in Missouri in 1907. Um, so, growing up in the Deep South uh, in the earliest, early 20th century, uh, he took a firm anti-racism and anti-segregation stance politically. I, I mean, I'll say, like, Robert Heinlein, and I've never read Starship Troopers again. Uh, by all accounts, he's one of, like, the greats of sci-fi, like, up there with Asimov. And, he is one and... of the big three as from American sci-fi, yes. Exactly. So, like, all, all credit to him, for sure. I haven't read this book in particular, and I, I know very little about it, other than uh, the critiques that I guess Peter heard that made him want to do this episode. So Yeah. I, I mean, um, I'm interested, but his other work, by all accounts, was pretty good. There's a bunch of songs named after it, like Stranger in a Strange Land, uh, Mars is a Cruel Mistress, I think is another one, like a, a bunch of like albums and songs have been written about a lot of his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shake That Ass by Fifty by uh, Eminem was yeah. Uh, yeah. written about Starship Troopers. That Kesha song <laughs> with a bottle of Jack, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TikTok. Brush, my, brush my teeth with a, with a bottle of Jack, yeah. That was, yeah. Uh, that was the that titular was character, Mr. Starship Trooper. In the book, <laughs> brushing his teeth in the morning. <laughs> it's actually the second chapter. The, the first uh, chapter is in medias res, but uh, the second chapter he brushes his teeth with a bottle of Jack. Uh, Kesha, okay. big fan of Heinlein. <laughs> uh, so much big of his work talk. was considered to be far ahead of its time, since quote uh, green was more common than brown when it came to fifties sci-fi, and his works often featured either female protagonists or protagonists of color. Uh, okay. Johnny Rico. The protagonist of Starship Troopers in the novel is Filipino. Good for him. His full name is Juan Rico, and he's also bilingual, and he speaks Tagalog, which is one of the Filipino languages. Yeah. Cool. I don't know if I pronounced that pr- properly, but I'm sorry if I didn't. It's close enough. I work with a lot of people from Philippines, and yeah. that Tagalog. sounded right. Yeah. That sounded right to me, but I'm not an expert. But why, don't you just... go, why don't you go ahead and uh, mimic how one of them would say it, James? Uh, probably similarly <laughs> to one of us. It'd probably sound like Tagalog. <laughs> probably not, because we because we pronounce it very poorly. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, just to kind of um, reiterate how much not reading the book kind of let Verhoeven miss the fucking point of this book is they recast Johnny Rico as like the most Aryan man on earth, and this wasn't like shitty casting where they changed the race of the person. Like he was just like, no, no, I'm just gonna do this. For the joke to make it even more fascist well so you can be fascist without being racist i want to assume like it's probably really difficult and tricky we but will <laughs> get to that only the best actually fascist. only the best fascists could thread that needle yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> it's, too, it's, too, it's a tight line to walk man fascist, like, uh no. we will actually get to that uh because okay. the book itself is distinctly uh, fairly progressive in some ways, which is super weird. Uh, but like, also, like, I will put, I, w- I will go up front here. I find this author interesting, and I find the politics of the book fucking fascinating. But I have no doubt in my mind that it is a fascistic government. 
it could be yeah. argued that it's a dystopia or a utopia, actually, which is yeah. another interesting aside here. But, you know. I mean, like, a lot of smart people or, or you know, seemed like smart people because uh, they had, like, huge contributions to the fields of sciences or medicine or something like that or, or whatever literature that, like, may have also believed in eugenics back in the day. And you're like, oh, well, that's yeah. a fucking shitty thing that they were really wrong about. But so, you know. I, and I think for uh, Verhoeven making a movie, like it, it's such a visual medium, like having the like like race swapping the character to like the stereotypical white Aryan man just kind of makes sense to like send a message more than saying like, oh, it's a Puerto Rican man. And then trying to explain on top of that why yeah. it's fascist. Well, Johnny Rico's uh, Filipino. In the book. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In the movie. In the film, he's white, but lives in yeah. Buenos Aires. That's what I'm saying. So for Paul yeah. Verhoeven, like it's easy for him. Like it's 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 an easy swap to make because it's it sends like symbolism in like an easier in a way that you could do in a book by writing it down. Yeah, that you can't necessarily do in a movie, right? Yeah. yeah again, like I, I I don't take a firm stance on on this author at all. I just find it, the whole thing was very interesting to go through. Um, so politically, uh, early on uh, in the 30s, he was a Democrat. Uh, and he worked uh, on the campaign of Upton Sinclair in 1934, who ran for the governorship of California. Okay. Uh, great name. Don't know anything about him. Sounds like Red Dead Redemption character, to be honest. Right. Yeah, exactly. Upton Sinclair, just one last job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, following what was apparently a massive failure of a political campaign, um, Heinlein became anti-communist. Um, his first novel... For Us, The Living, uh, advocated for a social credit system, which currently is used in modern-day China by the CCP, mm-hmm. who are, like, nominally communist, but I think that's no, kind of like... Nominally, like, only, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're not about to say China's communist, right? Yeah, I would, no, exactly. Uh, yeah, which is, uh, it's, you know, surface-level ironic, which is why I toss that in there. <laughs> basically but yes yeah in his first novel he advocated for a social credit system which is basically be a good citizen and be treated better than other citizens by the government yeah uh, all you have to do is let the government watch everybody at all times and yeah. judge people never say anything freely. bad also yeah. in some cases don't hang out with anybody who says anything bad because yeah. you could just be political collateral damage which is like yeah. the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing yeah. Um, I feel like it's and, one of those things that that like in theory could be a good thing but in practice just never ever could it will work never out. ever work yeah well yeah, yeah it, it will, exactly yeah. and I do I, I do have a few things yeah. in here that I want to bring up because again the politics of starship troopers just fascinated me and a lot of it is seems obvious but is also fucking crazy so don't don't you worry we got plenty to get through <laughs> uh, so after the end of the war in 1945 this being World War II, um, in case you missed history class for that, you know, month where you studied it. Um, world War II. Now, was there a first world war or? No, uh, it was actually the final version. So we shortened oh, okay. it, but it was World War 2.0. It was, it was, was World War One in beta. And then when they released, it was World yeah, War Two. Yeah, I gotcha. It was World War, <laughs> it was world war Point One in early <laughs> access. Yeah, you had and to then, hang out in uh, Twitch long enough to get your beta key to drop. Then you can go kill your friends and yeah. yourself. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then, yeah. then kill yourself eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they all did in World War II, right? They killed their friends and they killed themselves. Uh, every single one of them, yeah. Um, 
So after 1945, we see him become much more conservative and in some ways, like I uh, mentioned earlier, a lot more fascist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he believed in a strong, unified world government, and he believed this because he thought it was the only way to prevent nuclear annihilation. Uh, in 1949, his novel Space Cadet featured uh, not just the cell phone, 35 years before Motorola invented it, uh, but also a unified world government that enforced world peace. So if I was a, if I was afraid of every nation trying to blow each other up, um, like having one large government might be attractive. Like, okay, like there's only That's exactly we're gonna it. blow something else up, right? Like not us. Yeah. So. I mean, again, it's one of those things. Like, sounds great, never works. No. Like that's, not in a not in a million billion years does that work? Like no, that's no. but that's the thing. That's why the government, even in his novel written in 1949, they had to enforce world peace because realistically, I guess he knew that someone would get hurt on purpose or hurt by accident, and that's not very world peace of you. So you have to it, you have to enforce uh, the status quo because people are dicks. So how do you enforce world peace to people who have nukes? Bigger nukes? Bigger nukes. That'd be uh, apparently one unified worth, uh, world government. It was the way he thought it was going to was gonna do. Uh, uh, considered a bigger nuke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the end, he kind of like shifted around a lot. In the end, b- before he died and after he had some health issues, uh, he identified as just being a libertarian uh, due to his eventual love of personal freedom. Uh, funnily enough, both the hippie movement in the 60s and the libertarian movement uh, both have found inspiration in his work because he loves personal freedom. So, yeah, um, so libertarians are a weird group because uh, they attract a lot of bad, like really bad sorts uh, yeah. as well. Like, I think the libertarian like is the perfect movement to sum up Jamie's uh, sounds like a good idea in principle, but it'll never work, you know? Because uh, you need like a centralized government to just handle shit like taxes and schools and hospitals and stuff like that. Like, um, but libertarianism and hippieism, I guess, um, seem like neither they of which square. Works yeah, at they, all. they, yeah, they square enough for me. Like, whatever. Yeah, I know a lot of people who like who I used to work with who are very liberal, but frankly, just kind of want the government to stay out of their shit and like. That's a very simple understanding of libertarianism. Yeah. Other than the fact that you basically have to believe you can run an entire country on, like, a barter system, sort of? Because you don't want taxes, but you want, like, an entirely open market? Exactly. So it's like, no central. Like, do you want a centralized currency or not? Because if you want a centralized currency to, to, like, have paper money to pay for things, then you probably need somebody at a government, like, office to run that, right? Now, who's going to pay that person? Like, does everyone just chip in a few bucks to make sure that person gets paid? Like, okay, well, who oversees that? Like, I just watched Waco, Texas, and it seemed like a lot of the people who want, um, uh, like the libertarianism stuff it, are just people with guns who don't want police in their town. Like, so, so that like yeah, that's kind of so sometimes it goes that way. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of what, that's kind of what I was getting at too, because like libertarianism also attracts like a huge amount of pedophiles because they're like, <laughs> love is love. I should be able to fuck children. The government should stay out of my shit. And so now it's like, if you're a libertarian, how do you like? How do you say like, okay, well, we need a police force to stop people from fucking children? Because like, I believe that most libertarians 
do not want people to be pedophiles. I would assume I that the pedophiles are probably still a minority. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but you, like, how do you how do you how do you enforce it if you're a libertarian? Then, like, do we well, have a police force now for it's, that? Thing? It's, like, it's up to the children to defend themselves. They need bigger guns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a, a gun and a piece of cheese, and they could lure all the fucking pedophiles that they want. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if they want to be humane, they could put. Um, a trebuchet <laughs> that can launch. Yeah, a trebuchet to just launch pedophiles three hundred feet away. <laughs> <laughs> they land comfortably in a sweaty movie theater or wherever they go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, just just regarding Heidland, uh, he was super complex. Uh, he was briefly polyamorous, which is the Latin word for people who pretend like their commitment issues are a sexuality. Was every uh, fucking okay? I'm sorry, I keep derailing this, but was like every fucking sci-fi author of the fucking 1950s like this too? Like Jack Parsons, who yeah. like one of the one of the guys working on the Manhattan Project, like huge polyamorous, de- like devote like developed a cult to Satan and all this shit. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard, who invented Scientology, hugely polyam- polyamorous, also did, maybe a pedophile. Didn't he also <laughs> have like basically his own nation state on his yacht briefly or something fucking he, weird? He had a yacht the ocean? where he. He had a yacht in the middle of the ocean where he only employed thirteen-year-old boys. Like, oh yeah. Jesus! It seems like a really it seems Maybe. like quite the boys' club that we're everybody <laughs> needs uh, jobs, guys. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. Was that? Everybody needs jobs. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was also a nudist, uh, which is Latin for people who are nudists. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all very surface. This is all very surface level. Uh, but look into Robert Heinlein because obviously it is fucking crazy this guy managed to take care of basically everything that in most lifetimes would take three people at least to, 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 to cover right because you would need the liberal the conservative and the hippie and even then you'd probably only be at like a 70 percent Heinlein level of uh abject crazy. degeneracy yeah so his work popularized m- or coined many terms. Uh, he popularized no such thing as a free lunch when he was a libertarian. Okay. A saying. Um, but most relevant to us here at The Lore Boys. Uh, Put that on a piece of corn. I was going to say it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Space Marine. Really- Robert Heinlein said, there's two rules. Don't mess with Texas. Check in on Texas. Check in on Texas. Uh, for anybody <laughs> looking for free merch on the website or wants to pay for it on Patreon, uh, that is almost done. And that concludes our ad break. Yeah, and goodbye. <laughs> Lore Boys, sponsored by Lore Boys. Um, no, uh, he, the uh, Starship Troopers specifically popularized the term Space Marine oh. in 1959. Uh, cool. Which, while the term Space Marine is actually never used in the novel Starship Troopers, it was shorthand for the soldiers within the novel um, and actually originated somewhere prior to this. Nobody knows where the actual etymology started. It basically starts at people started referring to the starship troopers as space marines because it's easier to say, and then it just went on from there, and that's where we get it. Okay, wait, so it, the, the two words, space marine, are never used in the book. Correct. Well, I mean, individually, yes, but not together. But not together. Like, okay. not, not to refer to uh, a guy fighting in space. So An people... army man in space. So is somebody referring to the characters in the book called them space marines at some point that we're not sure when that started? Correct. Okay. And I it just you. went from there. Um, and then so, Games Workshop picked it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, Blizzard picked it up. <laughs> Who knows from where? Independently. Um, no, they're <laughs> just marines. They're regular marines in space. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the book Starship Troopers takes place roughly 700 years after it was published. So that would be in the 2650s, where okay. Earth is managed by the Unified Terran Federation. So he has okay. another fictional world government, just like in Space Cadet, because he was like, honestly, I think this was probably my best idea thus far. I'm going to use this again. Uh, in the film, like I mentioned, they changed the name. Uh, in the movie, it is the United Citizen Federation. I feel okay. like UTF, United Terran Federation, we've like said UTF before in the past. Uh, well, in Battletech, we have the Terran hegemony during the okay. Dark Age. Um, Terrans are the people in StarCraft. Uh, what's so the what's I, the Halo one? The, oh, the UNSC. UNSC. UNSC, okay. Yeah, they still call I, it Earth in, in Halo. Yeah. Yeah. So Will, I love... Will Smith is still alive. We still call it Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I love that... Uh, I love that he's like, oh, we're gonna have like a a world a world uh, government or whatever, and uh, we're gonna have like people of all races, and everyone's gonna be happy in it or whatever. But we're gonna use the Greek root for the the word for for Earth, yeah. you know. We're gonna make <laughs> it good and white still, like, <laughs> like like it's not the Chinese original word for root, which the Chinese uh, Chinese civilization probably goes back further than the Greek civilization by a couple thousand years easily. But, yeah. But like we're not going to use that one. No, no, we'll go with Greek because that sounds right. It was, a, a, it was an American author in the fifties doing his best. Let's give him a little bit of credit <laughs> with one of his many wives, I guess, or some shit. Well, I think he's a Nazi, Peter. Okay, I God said it. Damn it! I know you I told said me not, not to say, to say it, that but... word again because it was lazy. <laughs> shit. Um, but yes, in the film, it is a United Citizen Federation. Further distancing anything in the movie from the book Starship Troopers. From the book, yeah. Uh, the Federation sees its origins in the 20th century, where Earth's governments collapsed under the weight of unlimited democracies. Wait, what? Yeah, the all-you-can-vote buffet. It yeah, is like, so much, people just vote on everything? Like Too many democracies, I think? So I didn't get to this point in the book yet, because uh, the first few chapters are mostly military shit, not a whole lot of history. Yeah. Um, and it's an eight and a half hour audiobook. It's just, I, and I didn't want to spoil anything, but Unlimited Democracies was basically like too many people voting on too many different things. Like how every country has their own individual concerns and they all get to vote, meaning eventually people just could no longer work together. Mm. Try to have a wedding, and then everybody in the wedding has to decide your food yeah. and the yeah. flowers are. Yeah. The French like croissant and the British yeah. like. I don't know, Wonder Bread or some crap. Like nobody can yeah. agree on what to do for brunch, and all of a sudden, yeah. uh, all of, all of a sudden, the world just falls to pieces. <laughs> um, he also blames the or he uh, the fe the history of the Federation uh, blames banning of capital punishment as a factor as well, uh, and this specifically was blamed on social workers and child psychologists. <laughs> yeah. sounds like funny. a grudge honestly hey, I'm, I'm amazed that the hippies took so much from his work after yeah. after uh, <laughs> talking so, so much smack apparently due to not fearing death criminals just went wild because uh, as we know in real life the fear of the death penalty um is what is the only thing that stops from, me from killing i know that same yeah. especially in canada uh well, yeah, i'm afraid I mean, of being killed in prison so i don't commit yeah, yeah. i don't want to get run over by a moose to death which I you think could how kill, we do it. In Canada, you could kill someone and you could get out and still have enough life left to live, pretty much. I, it, the, the sentences are not nearly as long here as they are elsewhere. I don't know anything about Canadian prison. 
I don't I don't either. But like you say like long enough, like ten years is a long fucking time, man. We've been inside yeah. for like eight weeks at this point and I'm going fucking crazy. Peter, it has not been eight weeks. Like, Shut up. <laughs> it's been like five and a half, man. <laughs> uh, I started I started working from March seventeenth. Oh yeah. Okay. Do you think I still get to use my battle net in prison? Yeah, Jamie. I can use my chores for my, my monthly yeah. subs or what? Yeah. Oh, for sure, for well, sure. They yeah. pay you two cents an hour for raking leaves on like a football field or some shit, and then you can I put can that towards... Fi- yeah, 15 a month, that's all I need. Yeah. Easy. So, so Pete, it's May 4th. On May 17th, in 13 days, it'll be eight weeks. So it's been six weeks. Right. Well, Since you, you and I, I started quarantining a week after, so I'm at five. Like, I agree. Imagine so, going to jail like for 10 years. years. Right, like it's a, it's a long essay. It's a, it's whatever. If you live for eighty years, it's an eighth of your life spent yeah. in prison. Like that's fucking insane. What percent yeah, is that, crazy. Jamie? We don't, we don't need to put somebody in prison for twenty five years because you're not the same person after ten. Like you're not the same person after five spent yeah. in prison, right? Yeah, it's somewhere between five and ten percent. I don't know. <laughs> it's not. It's how many? How many pesos is that? <laughs> it's twelve and a half. It's not even. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this uh, this no death penalty and all that crime uh, led to turmoil in the UK, Russia, and the collapse of the North American Republic, which was the unification of the US, Canada, and Mexico. Okay. Um, excuse Mexico. me. These three powers would unite and eventually become locked in a war with the Chinese hegemony starting in the distant, far-off year of 1987. Ooh. Whoa. I don't even remember that. Do you remember when Russia, Robocop. the UK, and the Americas went to war with China in 1987, four years before any of us were born? <laughs> I, was, I vaguely remember being there. Maybe that's the war that I started. Maybe I did start a war between China and the yeah. the Chinese hegemony because they didn't even they don't didn't have the government that they have today. Yeah, the government structure that they have yeah, today. Exactly. I might be um, ignorant, but what does that word mean? Hegemony? Hegemony? Don't know. Didn't look it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, didn't look it up when we Sound- did BattleTech for the Terran hegemony. Uh, don't know what it means. Sounds I cool. I think it's some kind of like inheritance, isn't it? Don't know. Jamie pulled like, the clip. I'm pulling dynasty? It on Is it like dynasty? Is it like Le- leadership or dominance, especially by one country or social group of others? It just means like mm-hmm. a government. Okay. Political, economic, or military predominance or control of one state over others. Oh, so it's like uh, China saying, like, we own Nepal and we own Taiwan and we own Hong Kong. You totally could have just said it like it was. Oh, uh, you mean like exactly no- like what today is? It's still the hegemony. Yeah. You could have said it like it's uh, something noisy. Like, what's that hegemony over there? It's giving yeah, me yeah. conniptions. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you I would have believed you. Anyway. By gumption. So this war lasted a long fucking time. Uh, Towards the end of this global conflict, likely in the 2100s, a group of intellectuals instigated the Revolt of the Scientists. Uh, And this was an attempted coup d'etat, but was a humiliating failure. So fuck those nerds. (laughs) I mean, honestly, the coup of the the scientists just sounds so destined to fail. Like, I could not picture something more feeble sounding. Yeah. (laughs) This this will be the coup of the scientists. (laughs) Excelsior! (laughs) And like, it it was single-handedly the entire uh, coup d'etat defeated by one slightly stronger guy who was just like, fuck you, nerd. Yeah, yeah. his clipboard out of his hands. He's like, oh, no. Who would win? Entire army of uh, virgin scientist coup or uh, one alpha chad marine right <laughs> well if you if you ask heinlein it's the one is the one alpha chad marine yeah. 
Um, finally, in 2130, uh, the Russo-Anglo-Americans signed a tre- the Treaty of New Delhi with the hegemony, uh, the Chinese hegemony, uh, and this was described as an embarrassment since the West had to release any and all prisoners of war, while the Chinese got to keep 65,000 civilians from Japan, Russia, and the Philippines, as well as two British paratrooper divisions. Why do you um, even want to keep prisoners of war? It's more mouths to feed, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can make iPhones real fast. Oh my God. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I couldn't find anything about British divisions. However, a U.S. paratrooper division is typically between 17,000 and 21,000 soldiers. That Man, be that's the, a lot more than I would have thought a division was. Yeah, same. Uh, and that's that's the 82nd specifically in in the states. Because so, you really you really kind of buried the lead because you're like, oh, you know, civ- like six five thousand civilians. It's like, oh wait, was it so that forty thousand people on top of the sixty thousand? Yeah. Oh, okay, I missed it. Yeah, it's both. So they've got the sixty five thousand civilians from Japan, Russia, and the Philippines, and then they've got the two British divisions, uh, which another forty thousand maybe be up to yeah up to and including forty two thousand people. A British person should yeah. get in touch with, with us and let us know if we fucked that up. Yeah. And it might. Please, please phonetically write in your accent so that we can read it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loreboyspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, how else, how else will we know? How yeah. else will we know you, where you're from? <laughs> um, so uh, escape was the only option for these people. Uh, the war was not officially lost but described by the Federation in retrospect as negotiated peace on extremely unfavorable terms. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, very Af- UN. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the, that's the uh, political speak. For, I, I don't know, how that, don't know. En- the, how that ended. It, it was like last week, some, some advisor from the UN or some representative in the UN was like, yeah, maybe we, maybe we haven't done enough with China in the last 20 years. It's like, hmm, you think? You yeah. think, buddy? You haven't been hard enough on China in the last twenty years. Well, maybe. <laughs> was it the death camps that we have satellite images of that? Gave yeah. Was. Uh, I mean. Oops. Oops. Yeah. Sorry, we've Oops. all been inside Gangled. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um. So in Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Scotland. Uh huh. A group of yeah. veterans how they'd say of the it. war. That that is how they would say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a group of veterans decided uh, the most reasonable thing to do when you like politely lose a war uh, is to form a vigilante group to break up riots and stop looting. Uh, <laughs> so they ha- sorry, this is that uh, enforcing uh, world peace, right? This is where this is where we start enforce, enforcing world world peace. Uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, the world government is a grassroots operation. Uh, yeah, if Heinlein is to be. Blamed. Well, I mean, they're not. Well, they're not fascist yet, right? Like they're still democratic. Like they're overly democratic still. At present, um, this is the this this is the 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 first uh, whiffs of 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 the Terran Federation. So uh they wouldn't technically be fascist yet. I don't think they have enough people cuz they're more of a gang than they are a yeah. government. I don't know. It, I don't I don't know when you translate like if I don't know if the Bloods and the Crips qualify as fascist. I don't the, know what their the, rules are. They're not grassroots. They're they're astroturfing, right? They're like uh, at at this time, yes. Yeah. Um so they started to, they formed their vigilante group. They're going to beat up some hoodlums is basically their plan. Uh, they hanged a few people because they're into retro shit, apparently, in the 2100s. Uh, you got to earn uh, No, they, they, used, they used the space noose, Peter. 
Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very Where, high tech. Uh, it, it, exactly. Well, you need to find a plug very high up to, yeah, to, yeah. Hang, <laughs> to, to hang a guy. Imagine though, in space, you're weightless. It is just like our our, it's, guillotine, it's our guillotine doesn't work either. <laughs> yeah. A guillotine, the gallows doesn't work in space. Man, what yeah. does work in space? How, does how are we supposed to kill space? anyone in space? Exactly. Yeah. It's well, like the Americans, the Americans spent $100 million inventing a way to execute people in space, and the Russians just used a knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I have this great idea for a trebuchet that just launches you into the sun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With a piece of cheese in the middle, as soon as you go for it, throws you into the sun. Most trebuchet. of your sentence would be served on the way there. It would take you, like, you'd die yeah. of old age before you crashed into the yeah. sun. <laughs> you have to have the trebuchet actually on a planet, though, because you can't start from space, because the whole way the trebuchet shoots is because the gravity pulls it down, right? Yeah. It's just a trebuchet just whipping around a person, like, <laughs> it tries to launch them. I think them. a ballista attached to a space station would probably work. Yeah. Right. Like if you had the the string behind, like a crossbow with a yeah crossbow belligerent in it, you could probably launch him into the sun. Crossbows work in space. They're not as efficient, just like a bow and arrow is not as efficient. But yeah. Peter, I don't know how to tell you this. A ballista is not a trebuchet. No, I know that I'm changing the siege <laughs> weapon because the, okay. the trebuchet well, clearly would not work. Guys, well, you know battle archery where you go and you shoot your friends. Imagine yeah. you could go up in a spaceship and then shoot each other with crossbows. That'd be so Zero fun, G's, dude. Yeah, dude, that'd be so fun. I mean, I'd be fine just going up in a spaceship, even without the battle archery, if I'm being honest. No, no, no. I don't know it if really I, I, don't know, I don't know if that's it's exhilarating only, it's enough only for worth. me. It's only worth... It's kind of boring, though, isn't it? What do you do? How many, how many times can you look at the sunrise? I mean, not every 90 minutes? I don't need to go no, up in higher, frankly. I get the gist of it. <laughs> 30,000 feet is enough for me, thank you yeah, very much. Exactly. Uh, I've fallen asleep on an airplane. It's probably the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, they hanged a few people, including some veterans that they didn't like, and they continued to operate for years. Uh, eventually, they only allowed veterans to join their ranks due to their distrust of politicians, which, fine. The hangings, not so much, but the distrust of politicians, good. Uh, I get that, yeah. somehow continue until they formed the Terran Federation. So this vigilante group with big ideas yeah, yeah, eventually... It's- it's essentially a coup, right? Like it's essentially like a, a rogue faction that just steps in. And is like, well, like we we get a government, and then if we're like angry enough, people aren't going to want to vote against the person that we put in power because uh, they're going to get their fucking house carpet bombed by us because we're this huge vigilante group. This is actually my following sentence. Uh, it was never meant to be a coup d'état. Uh, they compared themselves to the Russian Revolution, where one system was simply replaced with another. The Bolsheviks. We've talked about that. We have. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, here's another interesting point uh, from Heinlein's fiction. Uh, racism at this point now that we have the Terran Federation, racism is basically gone from a systemic san- standpoint. So it's not that there are no racists. It's just the fact that there are no racist systems. Yeah, like, yeah. It is, again... There's no presupposition enforced... of, of guilt for black people or... Exactly. Or it is presupposition of equality. good... Yeah, presupposition of good maths for Asian people. No. Exactly. Uh, you want to name a few more of those, or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh... Hyland specifically writes about an Asian guy who's bad at math. He's very progressive for the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> a predisposition that, to my knowledge, for curries for Indian people. Um... Yeah, he just hates curry. It's the worst. Um, the Federation is a multicultural society <laughs> with an elected global leader. 
yeah, so okay. Still uh, elected in big quotes, right? It's still it it is still a democracy, asterisk, because elections are the interesting part of federation life. Every person, person, every person, person every, every poor person, every person is born. Every person is born a civilian, which is guaranteed the vast majority of what we would consider basic human rights in our country at least when a civilian turns 18 they have the choice to enroll in a minimum two-year contract of federal service which is the military and after completing the service a civilian becomes a citizen and they gain the right to vote okay right Uh, this is good when you have when you have uh world consuming bugs at your doorstep though i will say they didn't yet is the thing it was just the military took over the planet and was just like, okay. yeah, everybody's super equal. But I mean, if you want to say in what happens, you better be ready to kill somebody. Yeah, you, you, better, kill, you, you better kill somebody who's not being equal enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, this would be why some people, I think, rightly criticize uh, the Terran Federation for being a fascist government. Um, now, whether you want to think enforced equality is utopian or dystopian is up to you, which is why I find it an interesting subject to bandy about, especially in the context of Starship Troopers. But it's I, th- like, I think I think either extreme is dystopian, right? Like, if we're, like you can't talk in absolutes. Like, I would agree that breaks the system. Like, yeah, no, look, I, I would absolutely agree with you. That's why I said earlier, like, I think this is totally a dystopian fascist government, but. It's interesting like, to think about at the very least, right? How how does how does how does giving all citizens equal support make sense when not everyone is born in equal circumstances? Like that just it just makes no sense to me. Like it just doesn't square for a second. <laughs> like, no, of, of course not. And and that's why it it's it's a philosophical work of science fiction written by someone who has a p- particular set of beliefs, which yeah. is interesting. I don't want to fucking live in this society. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I think but, I think there's value in the writing. Like Ray right. Bradbury, uh, Fahrenheit 451, he wrote about a dystopian future. Yeah. Uh, and like it's a fully dystopian setting or whatever. He was just critical of it in the end. Like the main character gets out of the city and like goes to live in the wilderness where they can have their books and he can have the Gospel of John. What's his last name? Guy something? Uh, Guy the city itself in Fahrenheit 451 is Flavor Town. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. And they put uh, they put so much spice that it it burns yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. Fi- finally, finally, he finds a copy of The Joy of Cooking, and just really, <laughs> really the cookbook for your every man. Yeah. Wow. This you don't have to put butter and mayonnaise in everything. <laughs> <It's> amazing, <laughs> especially not your hair. Yeah. I heard mayonnaise so- is good for your hair, actually. I heard that meme. I, I seriously doubt it. My mom used to do it. I don't know if it was good or not, but she used to do it. Your mom put mayonnaise in her. That's good for yeah, her. Yeah, in the shower. Like, she would put it in and then just leave it in and then wash it out. Are you kidding? No, I'm absolutely serious. He doesn't it's, seem like he's kidding. That's <laughs> fucked oh, up. Yeah. As a, I was a kid, I was like, oh, whatever you gotta I, do, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I don't know. You, you say it's fucked up, but like, what the fuck's in shampoo? I don't know. I don't know either, dude. Less mayonnaise, but (laughs) some other shit. (laughs) Mine has head and shoulders in it. (laughs) Both both the head and the shoulders. Yeah, Yeah, one head and multiple shoulders shoulders and mayonnaise is a different shampoo. (laughs) That's the one I don't buy. (laughs) I buy head and shoulders and ranch. Like a, like a uh, civilized person. Yeah. (laughs) I only remember her doing it once. It might have been like an experiment type thing, but uh, that's fair. 
I'm picturing so, the Mr. Mr. Burns at the supermarket with a bottle of ketchup and a bottle of catsup, and one is a bottle of head and shoulders, and the other is a bottle of head and shoulders of mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ketchup. 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 So back to the Federation. Uh, uh-huh. where I don't know about their showering habits. Um, it might Definitely be mayonnaise. zesty Italian no in the shower. Who knows? Low boy low boys cannon? The uh, fascist fascist federation? Oh, a fascist world order? Is uh, mayonnaise loving? Oh, Hell yeah! yeah they they don't want any flavor. Person, I was they don't want any on board with this. They don't want any flavor in their in their meals. Everyone can everyone can get on board with mayonnaise. Are you yeah. kidding? <laughs> like, sriracha, way too spicy for some folk. Okay, no, thank you. <laughs> Garam masala, what even is that? <laughs> it's like eggs and oil whipped together. That's what mayonnaise is, right? Pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. And 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 also conservative ideals. You got to toss that in there. It's all <laughs> there. The most mayonnaise of ideals, I will say. Yeah. So, when a civilian <laughs> in the when a civilian sorry, sorry the, yeah. when a civilian in, in the in the Federation turns 18, they have the choice to enroll in a minimum 2-year contract of federal service, like I said that's the military. And after completing their military service for 2 years, they can they can vote. Um Voting is the only thing that is kept from civilians, but it does not hinder them in other aspects of their life. Uh, Johnny Rico's family is immensely wealthy in the movie and in the book. Neither one of his parents are citizens. They're okay. both okay. civilians. So you, oh, okay. Civilian and citizen are, are separate. Citizen is someone who can vote. Civilian, is, civilian someone is someone who not. is okay. of age okay. that never did their military service. Never did their military service. But the Federation does not keep you from anything else. So Ross, if you bring if, otherwise. If you're a Filipino family who has a good idea and or can abuse your employees, bing, bang, boom, you're rich as shit. They put mayonnaise into the head and you shoulders. Just and you just can't yeah. vote. They got rich. Yeah. Yeah. They, they got rich on their mayonnaise farm. Yep. <laughs> farming all that mayonnaise i think i i think it's more like cranberries where the mayonnaise floats to the surface and you just wade into it and, and yeah, yeah and exactly it you skim it off the top yeah, yeah you skim oh, the mayonnaise man. off of your off of your mayonnaise marsh i gotta go play uh stardew valley again stardew valley, you guys yeah. got me into it yeah you got <laughs> your mayonnaise mayonnaise? Marsh? there's mayonnaise machines and cranberries in that game exactly oh yeah. they come from the same same season basically both of them are very lucrative so yeah so the film uh overly simplifies the political system uh, just by saying service guarantees citizenship, which is true, but that's the only part that the movie really gets into. Um, the Federation appears to hold both service and voting in of equal importance um, because they will accept anyone regardless of ability. Uh, a quote from a doctor in the novel, like a doctor who does the physicals, uh, that states, if you came in here in a wheelchair and blind in both eyes and were silly enough to insist on enrolling, we would you find we would find you something silly to match, counting the fuzz on a caterpillar by touch, maybe. So all, <laughs> I, all I got to do is pretend to be blind and yeah. in a wheelchair. And you can count And they'll just make me pet caterpillars all day. Exactly. And which I'm buried down for. <laughs> after two years, the person who counted Caterpillar Fuzz would vote, and an able-bodied person who didn't join up would not be able to. What's your stance on hairy caterpillars? Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in them, but not sexually attracted. Okay. Okay. I don't know what kind of opinions character. someone who could vote after petting caterpillars for two years would still hold. It's, it's like, this caterpillar has <laughs> got some sex pest problems, but I don't know. He knows caterpillars better than I do, and I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, vote, I vote for the caterpillar man. Yeah. Sure, he's ugly now, but give him some time to pupate. <laughs> yeah, sure, he's sort of, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of fascist now, but maybe he'll like he'll, he'll pupate and come out as a progressive. Yeah, <laughs> he's very against caterpillar trebuchets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trebuchets are for mice. God damn it! <laughs> and uh, what was mice and pedophiles? And pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them sneak around in the middle of the night, you know. Exactly. <laughs> and eat Trying dry toast off teased. the floor. Mm-hmm. Turn the lights on. The pedophiles just like scatter behind the fridge. You're like, God yeah, yeah. damn it! <laughs> We're infested. Get my revolver. I got to put it in this trap. <laughs> the pedophile <laughs> trap. So uh, after enlisting, and just just to kind of even, the kind of uh, talk more about the the lack of rigidity to this after enlisting there is what's known as the cool off period where 48 hours where a volunteer for the military can just pack up their shit and get the fuck out of dodge the like, only pen to- off base just just leave the military you've got 48 hours after joining up to oh you to, can change your mind to change your mind exactly okay i got you if you oh, unpacked- they probably make the first two days so nice so yeah, nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, get, get, need anything you want some food oh, yeah. oh what you need some push mayonnaise? You we were going to do push-ups yeah. here? Nah, man. That's just in movies. We don't do that here. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Day three, though. Some, Day three. Let's play oh, some yeah. Xbox, huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, got the, I got the new FIFA. No, no, no. Not the one that came out this year. The one that's coming out next year. Okay? Yeah. You want to sit down and play with me? Let's go, that's buddy. Come on. You can expect in the Federation, bro. <laughs> yeah. We're one FIFA ahead. <laughs> it's like it's, it's pretty much almanac. the same. It's pretty much the same as the last FIFA, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I have a yeah. <laughs> You could just change the cover and somebody would fucking believe you. Yeah. They made some um, guesses about how the players will be next year. but they don't know <laughs> Why'd you remove that player? It's like, oh, we just assume he would die. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only penalty for bailing after your, during your 48-hour grace period is you are banished from joining the military in the future, meaning you will never be able to vote. Okay. If you bow out. Okay. That's like a um, big consideration. Yeah. Like joining uh, the military should be, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, of course, in this one, it it's the only way to vote in the global elections because there's one government. So it's mm-hmm. even heavier in this in this instance. Uh, the banishment does not extend to your kids. Uh, in the same way, not enlisting doesn't inf- doesn't affect your kids because as we established with Johnny Rico. Johnny does. His parents mm-hmm. never enlisted, but he did. Yeah. So they'll take they'll they'll take anybody. Uh, I don't want to be a mayonnaise farmer. Guy. Boom. Yeah. I don't want to be a mayonnaise farmer, Paul. I'm gonna join the military. <laughs> <laughs> no son of mine's gonna join the military. Now take this mayonnaise. <laughs> My grandpappy farmed mayo. His grandpappy and his grandpappy before him. What are you gonna do? Eat your turkey sandwiches dry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to fucking bring this up again. <laughs> Yeah, the, in Aberdeen, they had a they had an argument about club sandwiches, and that's how big is a the, how big is a turkey egg? A bigger oh, than probably a, a little bit bigger, than smaller than an ostrich. Have you ever seen one? No, no. I was just thinking about making some turkey mayonnaise. Oh, turkey oh. egg mayonnaise. What about ostrich yeah. egg mayonnaise? I'm sure, it's a thing. Uh, it's is that probably like chunky. One ostrich per jar. Why it's do you think it's egg? chunky? You make it out of the whites. Because everything's bigger in an ostrich. That's true. Yeah, yeah, so there'd be more no chumps in an egg white. Well, maybe once you get to ostrich size, you never know. Yeah. Do you think ostriches have the biggest dicks in the bird kingdom? 
<laughs> the they must, bird. right? Uh, the biggest we've bird. established ducks have those rocket Crazy penises. spiral dicks, yeah. yeah. I think it would depend on what an ostrich vagina is like. <laughs> what if it's like fish and they just drop the egg and then the male just squirts on it into the nest and then goes elsewhere? It's <laughs> probably, yeah, I hope to God it's I, not like that. I, <laughs> gobble, gobble. To, yeah, gobble, gobble, so says the ostrich. <laughs> there's, 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 so many, there's so many images of male ostriches just jerking off on nests on the internet. If you just go look for them, you'll find them. But that's why they bury their head in the sand is because they're ashamed. That's why they've got yeah. their head buried in the sand and they're just uh, jerking off with their, their one uh, foot and standing up on the other. <laughs> just that's it. flamingos. That's flamingos. Yeah. They just don't want to step in it, so they're always getting uh, one leg yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not like, like those fucking vultures who throw up on their feet. Mm. That's yeah. a, everybody's got their thing. Don't yuck someone else's yum. That's true. Good point. No king shaming vultures. No king shaming vultures here. Yeah. Nope. Or turkey mayonnaise. You guys gotta love that too. Well, you when you to. when you make it, I'll try it. Hey, <laughs> get a turkey. I'm sure you. I'm sure you can find some hipster uh, food store in Montreal that sells fucking turkey mayonnaise. Ugh. All right. I mean, not currently, but it, when everything reopens, I, I'm yeah. going to go pick me up some turkey mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> so in the military, there are 31 regulations, which I will not list because it's way too many. That's 31. Um, yeah, that's and as your rank increases all the way up to uh, like throughout the Federation ranks, punishments actually get more severe. So a high ranking person sense, committing the same crime as a low ranking person would be executed. For an example, where a low-ranking person would be subjected to administrative punishment, uh, which yeah. is flogging. I mean, I mean, okay, so like, let's not say like uh, death or flogging, but like that kind of punishment scaling makes sense to me. Like in uh, Sweden, I think it is, uh, they do like scaled, um, financially scaled tickets. So the one oh. of the somebody on the board of executives for Nokia got a speeding ticket for like $235,000. But it's because, <laughs> but it's because they make millions of dollars a year. So it's like, if you give somebody who makes millions of dollars a year, a $800 speeding ticket, they do not fucking care for a second. Like it does that's not register in their bank account. Yeah. So like that's, I feel like that's the kind of the same concept that's happening here in, in this, where it's like, these are people who should be more responsible, who have more responsibility so, like, for them to betray that position yeah. should mean more. I put it, well, I put it in here, uh, which it's just the you should have known better way of running things. Yeah, exactly. And I actually, honestly, that percentage ticket system in Sweden is fucking great. That's a great It's idea. the only way it should work. Like, it's criminal that we don't do it in Canada, but again, uh, oligarchs and uh, billionaires control our government. So, yeah. what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> fucking <worse. laughs> yeah. Maybe Maybe service should be the only thing to guarantee yeah. citizenship, honestly. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. What, what am I going to do? Vote for party A or party B? Man, well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or throw your vote away on party C like I did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I threw my vote away on party D. Thank you very much. Oh, Lord. The Greens? I voted Greens. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> she's my favorite leader, but she's the worst choice. <laughs> I won't uh, So Johnny Rico uh, is a member of the mobile infantry in the novel and in the film. However, the book is so much cooler. In the film, the army is pretty basic-looking soldiers with slightly oversized-looking guns and contemporary-looking body armor. Uh, they look basically like the American military, but they're dark gray and blue, once again, to ev- to evoke the traditional-looking Nazi uniform. Okay. It's, it's the gray, it's the blue, it's it's the Hugo Boss, basically. Yeah, liter- uh, in, literally. Yeah, yeah, well, that, 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 yeah, that wasn't, uh, that, that's not a saying, 
It's not. <laughs> it's the gray. It's the blue. It's the Hugo Hugo Boss. It's not like yeah, yeah. the, uh, you know, cover girl maybe she, logo. <laughs> maybe she's bored with it. Maybe she's a Nazi. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that famous ad slogan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm digging Maybelline, but we should be digging Coco Chanel because Coco Chanel was a spy for the Nazis in uh, World War II. God damn it! What dude? Why? So chic, yeah. all of them. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> they all have handbags. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hitler never pictured without his clutch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Brand right. out, boys. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 But the 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 Sig Heil was them just holding up their new purses to show yeah, off to their, their friends. Originally, that's where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, can't be the art. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I mean, I am all for uh, Hitler Sig Heiling a Coco Chanel purse. Uh, that's okay. Like, no. Okay. But uh, I mean, I'm not in charge, so hey, you know. I mean, it's. A- uh, this is a democratic podcast. Uh, we, oh, you're saying this is not a fascist podcast? It's not a fascist podcast. Okay, I mean, from okay. the perspective of the listeners who might not like that idea, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it's just three people making all the decisions, but... Yeah. <laughs> What's good enough for us is good enough for them. Yeah, God damn uh, Hey, we, we didn't even choose the topic of today's episode, so oh, yeah. we, we are a little democratic. These, right? It's a trickle-down cover art. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do we'll do the cover rights and they'll just get little bits of it <laughs> emailing guarantees citizenship so uh yeah. <laughs> peter in the netherlands gets exactly what he wants because he participates <laughs> you all get the podcast but you don't get to choose uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so in the novel soldiers are dropped from orbit in single man pods that are equipped with what are called powered armor suits like um Halo. This would go on to influence countless films, books, and video games. Halo. Uh, Master Chief and the ODSTs directly. Yeah. Right? They, one man one man in a power suit dropping down from space. Yeah. Uh, SpongeBob Quest for Bikini Bottom 2. Apparently. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you think of the air as space. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, yeah, air, is, air would be space, so it'd be like above like the the surface above the water right exactly yeah. and then mm-hmm. space space for spongebob is double space okay. yeah that's what they call it <laughs> <laughs> yeah the famous spongebob episode double space where he drops from orbit to fight alien bugs yeah to fight yeah, for a fascist government for mr krabs actually it's the final um, frontier <laughs> the, the actor who plays mr krabs is in starship troopers oh is he Clancy that's so Brown fun is in starship i'm glad troopers, we got yeah. there yeah, yeah jamie jamie uh, secretly knew that he was just trying to bring it there uh, yeah. 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 Jamie's always been the CIA operative of this fucking podcast <laughs> stupid fucking ideas in our heads <laughs> like slowly triggering us over time to get to a certain joke oh, yeah. Yeah, start talking about politics I gotta start talking about mayo and Spongebob you know <laughs> gotta defuse the situation yeah. Got a bit not too controversial um, so the suit on the inside features and this is like the first time some of this shit had ever been talked about because it was 1959 the suit features a holographic hud a compass uh that can like give you little visual blips of where your allies and enemies are so it's basically got iff on the inside as well uh it's got jump jets that allow the users to clear an entire sky skyscraper uh early on in the book uh rico describes something called a y rack which Judging by some of the old-timey art and from what I've seen, as well as what it's been adapted to in things like Battletech, it looks like it is a defensive 
armament mounted on the back of the suit in a Y shape that just kind of okay. independently fires rockets to it's keep got, you yeah, safe. Shoulder mounted rocket launchers. Yeah, but you don't have to control yeah. them and they point off to the sides because you don't have to aim them. Okay. So like the elemental power armor in Battletech is Y shaped, at least for some clans. Um, okay. So that's definitely inspiration taken from there. Um, uh, Marine is uh, equipped with multiple pieces of defensive ordnance, a rocket launcher. Uh, you can also just like customize what's going on on your suit. They all have a rifle and multiple grenades as well that all do different things. Um, like I said earlier, the novel opens in Medias Res, where Rico is already inside his drop pod, waiting to be dropped from orbit onto an alien planet. Um, he kind of talks about being nervous, but how the uh, Marines go through hypnotherapy to prevent panic and also prevent PTSD. So Good. they, get, hyp- they get hypnotized by, like, psychics, which bottle apparently that sh- exists well, now. Bottle that shit way deep down, my guy. The, oh, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> they just sit in I a mean, room with a, a, a stern-looking father figure who's just said, never talk about your feelings, son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> For hours. <laughs> like, that's our two years of training, yeah. is they just sit in a room and get told never to have feelings ever again. You, you get a wooden truck to play with on the floor, and there's, like, a carpet and, like, a roaring fire, and then there's a father in a leather-bound chair wearing, like, a, a sweater vest, and, a, and a, he has a mustache, and he just says, you'll never be good enough. You get your standard issue uh, <laughs> blue with cloud print footsie pajamas, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what, they all, that's what they all drop in. That's the power yeah. armor, right? <laughs> Footsie pajamas. <laughs> See, that might be the art, Jamie. That might be better. There you go. <laughs> better than drawing Hitler with a fucking handbag, man. Well, Hitler, you know what? Hitler in a handbag is a great, is a great, great album. Title. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> at the very least. I mean. uh, so yeah, he's contemplating, basically thinking about what it's like to drop from orbit in his suit. Um, and actually, the original enemies that he's going up to fight are an alien race known as Skinnies. Okay. Well, this is a slang term for them. Um, the actual name is not known because they never actually learn to speak English. Uh, they're just referred to as skinnies because they are very standard built gray alien sort of things. Very slim, very tall, but they have kind of, in a lot of the old art, weird kind of conical heads with buck teeth and tusks. Okay. Uh, they don't have an upper lip either. It's just like nose straight into gum sort of fucked up territory. Oh, yeah. Sounds uncomfortable. Like Real Joaquin Phoenix shit going on up there. Okay. Yeah, all bad news. We mentioned that last episode, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, the early mission that they have here is more of a shock and awe thing. They are instructed specifically not to kill anybody in the in the first mission, where Rico at one point blows up a wall where he finds a bunch of skinnies congregating. He doesn't know if it's like a, a church or a building is what he talks about. Like He doesn't know what's going on. And he throws a timed grenade. The grenade... Uh, has a speaker on it that communicates in the skinny language and announces to them, I am a 30-second bomb, 29, 28, (laughs) 27, which just so that they could get away and he could still blow up the building, it's like a psychological warfare bomb. Yeah, yeah. Which, for me, always sounded like it's something out of, like, Portal. It like he like throws in the bomb (laughs) that deploys smooth jazz sort of shit. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Definitely something Gladys would use on on the pro tag. Yeah, exactly. Um, Now you're thinking with fascism. (laughs) (laughs) So other than that, other than the power-armored space marines, uh, the the army also fields something called the K-9 unit, uh, or the Neo-dog, which uh, is 
frankly, uh, for my taste, worse than fascism, uh, because they are a recon symbiote derived from something called dog stock, which I don't know if it's just like a dog-shaped gelatin wad in a laboratory that they can grow like a dog animal out of. No, I think I think if you just own live livestock, like you'd call it like that's your stock, right? So I think it's just like a stock of dogs. Like when I'm cooking, I've used like chicken stock or beef stock. Yeah, see, that's what that's what Peter was going for. I don't think it's yeah. that, no, guys. I think it's more like livestock. You don't like, think it's uh, like a dog bullion cube or, or sheep's? Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it is, but I think it's, it's more likely that they just bred dogs to to. We to talked a about way. a few things that are a little bit fucked up up until this point, so I don't know. Why um, not dog soup? <laughs> the neo dogs uh, can speak uh, and oh, have the them. intelligence of an average eight to twelve year old child. Smarter than me. Same. Yeah, well, smarter than all three of us combined, frankly. Because <laughs> we only have the 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 intelligence of a five year old, and five times three. It's less than eight, so. Thank God we got that pedophile trebuchet, right? Yeah, (laughs) it keeps us safe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to the patrons for paying for our pedophile trebuchet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Psychics are also in the novel, like I said, uh, although Rico never really confirms it. Uh, There's a clairvoyant branch of the military, but their function is only to find alien tunnels so that he theorizes they might just have very good hearing. (laughs) <laughs> which i mean is kind of kind of in line with like real quote-unquote psychics today or just yeah. like yeah <laughs> they're good at picking up on stuff but they're not psychic obviously yeah obviously <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking of a number between one and ten um think of one 22, 22. no no don't say it out loud oh frick fuck. Okay, okay, well, never mind. Don't we give me any hints, guys. I'm psychic. I don't need that. <laughs> well, like, what was You're the answer to then? In your head, and I was going to say it. Most of the time, it's seven. Uh, I saw it in a pick art- artist video. This guy uses this on women, and he'll he'll be like, think of a number between one and ten. And then, like, seven. And most of the time, statistically, it's usually seven, for whatever reason. And, um, yeah. He tricks people into thinking that he's impressive that way. I bet you it's it's most of the time only seven in our very specific subsect of Western culture. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Like I bet you go to a Romanian and it's maybe something else, whatever the lucky number is in Romanian. Uh, that's the same guy who goes, uh, you're really beautiful, but beauty's common. What's your best opinion? <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. Fucking fascinate me, honestly. Oh, he's horrible. I watch it for for just like laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that. what I mean. Well, I mean, it's it's like reading about a fascist government where you're just like, wow, how strange. I kind of find it mesmerizing. Yeah. Watching, watching Minecraft convention cringe compilations. Yes, exactly. You, you can't look away. <laughs> Finally, uh, other than the uh, psychics and the, I think, uh, dog clones made of gelatin, um, there are the engineers who are not the most skilled fighters, but they are uh, more standard infantry as they do not use mechanized suits. Um, other than this, the Navy uh, is staffed and run mostly by women. Uh, pilots like Carmen, who we talked about earlier, uh, and all of the higher ranking officers and the vast majority of this branch are ladies. Uh, okay. Navy spaceships are armed with planet destroying Nova bombs a bunch of orbital artillery and their primary function is to serve as drop ships for the orbital troopers. I'm I, can I just say, I'm super happy to hear that after Jurassic park, they went on to bigger and better things and took over the Navy. Yeah. The whole, di- the whole I'm Earth. glad the dinosaurs finally got their shit together and took over <laughs> the space. Navy. <laughs> <laughs> Carmen was a velociraptor. Mm, good. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. 
Um, who to fight, though? So we mentioned the skinnies, uh, which are the first antagonists, but really, it, since it opens during an attack, the humans are the aggressors in the novel. Uh, the primary antagonists are the arachnids, which are a hive-minded race of uh, spacefaring arthropodic. They're not mm-hmm. technically arthropods. They're bug-like, uh, bug, uh, like monsters from the planet, planet Klendathu um, that humanity encountered while out and about in space. So anything we've talked about prior to this where humanity was kind of just fucking around in outer space and ran into some aliens, tried a little dis- diplomacy, but uh, we, we don't speak hive mind bug monster and yeah. then just immediately went to an infinite and unending war. Good. Thanks, Heinlein, for that. So, I mean, for that uh, honestly, sounds, that sounds pretty realistic. It, it absolutely does. <laughs> um, now, like I said, they did try diplomacy. So the Federation, despite having its issues is not openly hostile towards alien life. Uh, the Federation would quarantine a planet that had already been conquered by the arachnids to avoid conflict. Um, of course, that didn't work uh, after multiple attacks on human colonies and a massacre at uh, on like a settlement on an alien planet called Port Joe Smith. Uh, the Federation <laughs> declared war on the Arachnids. Totally, uh, very multicultural, uh, this new Terran Federation. It's uh, super yeah, inclusive of all races and cultures. Like. It is uh, because Port Joe Smith was a space colony of extreme space Mormons. <laughs> and the Arachnids okay. tunneled underneath it and then erupted within the colony and slaughtered everybody on uh, or in the colony. Night is wormed. Nice yeah, <laughs> always scout your base. Um, yeah. The film depicts both the human and arachnid armies basically as cannon fodder, where every battle is just a war of attrition. Where obviously, if you have a powered armored infantry against a hive mind, that's not the way it worked in the book. But again, the 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 film takes a completely different approach to warfare. Um, the skinnies originally worked with the arachnids, but during the bug wars, uh, they switched size and began to feed intel to the Federation. I don't know how. Maybe through the psychics, maybe through some other means, whatever. Uh, this was due to the arachnids being untrustworthy traitors. And during the bug wars, they attacked multiple skinny colonies during the war. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the skinnies, like, For yeah, skin we, milk. we super oppress them or whatever. But maybe the skinnies kind of realize, well, the arachnids might just entirely wipe us out. So, yeah. you know. You cannot reason with the arachnids because they are a hive mind uh, controlled by a hierarchy of brain bugs and god bugs which use psychic abilities to command drones remotely so you can't really parlay with the army because there's just like uh just like human religion right yeah (laughs) (laughs) jesus (laughs) most controversial thing yet More than Hitler in a handbag. Yeah. <laughs> so after multiple intrusions to arachnid territory, the bugs decided enough was enough, and they launched a meteor at Earth, destroying Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um, in the film, uh, Rico lives there, uh, and both his parents are killed. However, in the novel, only his mom is killed there because she is on vacation. This causes Rico's dad to join the military and serve under his son. Um, and then all of these events combined, all of this eventually lead to the bug war and the second bug war depicted in the novel and in the films so now we're so now towards the i guess i oh, sorry are you wrapping up here that's the end of it that is yeah so, everything so, leading up to everything leading up to the content you can currently consume it, it really seems like towards the end because like like i said with uh fahrenheit 451 
like he he sets up this uh very fascist government and then like towards the end of the story you realize like they're bad and he he does things to 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 combat fascism uh and now you really see where heinlein is like leaning into the fascism right like yeah oh like his father who never signed up for the military was obviously wrong and his wife died as a result of it so now in the end of the or towards the middle of the book he joins up in the military and he does the right yeah. thing to fight the bugs that are coming coming into our home to take our things our joseph smith colonies come on regardless <laughs> of any of the uh like regardless of like all the like fancy global equality and shit that he has uh kind of written into the lore might makes right is definitely like the subtitle of starship troopers yeah. which is which is why again i i find the whole thing fascinating but i would never want to live in a Heinland society of starship troopers i mean also also the skinnies right it's like oh yeah we oppress them but once they realized we were the lesser of two evils they came to our side you know because yeah. like even they realized those idiots who can't speak our language they they learned the error of their ways and came to help us like okay buddy that's why he's <laughs> controversial but also very interesting and when somebody suggested starship troopers i was like fuck me i've never i never thought of that but yeah. i knew it would be uh, an interesting little rabbit hole to dive into thank yeah. you peter Cool Not story. Peter, but other uh, Dutch, yeah, Peter. Dutch Peter. Yeah, fuck you, Peter. Dutch <laughs> Peter. Dutch Peter sounds like a sex move. Honestly, if, we're, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be honest, I gave her the Dutch Peter last night. <laughs> uh, so I, thank you, Dutch I'm Peter. I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain Dutch Peter gives a couple of people the Dutch Peter every once in a while. At least every once in a while, I give them yeah, the, the baby. Dutch Peter. <laughs> I'm sorry if you hear this. <laughs> I, I feel like that could be the subtitle for our podcast. Like, I'm sorry if you hear this. <laughs> yeah, based on like what we we're talking about in terms of art and episode title, I wonder how many people have looked up the lore for something, clicked on our website, and then said, "No, not for me." No, like, thank you. Just saw a Castlevania dude jerking himself off with yeah. a thing around his neck. And, I, yeah. I'm interested in learning more about Robert Heinlein. I bet this podcast called uh, "Raking the Mayonnaise Swamp" has a lot of information I need. To know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, welcome to the Robert Highland podcast, Raking the Mayonnaise Swamp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I've been your host, uh, non-Dutch Peter O'Donohue. Uh, you can find me at Pete O'Donohue on Twitter or at Loreboys Podcast on Instagram. I do the art, theloreboys.com, and I've been joined here with, I suppose, our most Aryan-looking fellow. I'm Ethan, uh, not Dutch, but kind of wish I were. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for all your support, everyone. You guys are awesome. Uh, everybody on Patreon, you're super incredible. Uh, big shout out to you guys. Big shout out to everybody who's not on Patreon and still comes to the Discord, talks to us. Uh, there's links on the website, loreboys.com. Reach out to us, contact at loreboys.com uh, or tweet at us. I'm at Ethan the Dead Man on Twitter. Uh, we're at loreboys on Twitter. Yep. Uh, I'm James Miller. And I've been your third host. You can find me at twitch.tv slash the loreboys from time to time, but mostly just in the Discord. So check the about section on the website, go to loreboys.com and get into that Discord because we've got a lot of cool people there, uh, a lot of like minded mm-hmm. folk uh, who like lore and just hanging out. So come join us. There's a, uh, there's a section on our website now called Make Your Merch, where we release uh, transparent images that you can print onto things. Uh, post-pandemic, we'll probably start selling stuff, but I would like to leave the free page up um, otherwise. Uh, if you have suggestions of something you want uh, as a transparent image, please email us at loreboyspodcast at gmail.com. Right now, we just have the logo. We're going to put up the Check on Texas thing in the next couple of days because I've been working on it, but strangely got busy at home. Um, but yeah, anything you want, let us know. Put that on a piece of corn, whatever the fuck you want. Just, uh, yeah, keep us posted. 
crunch at us. Yeah. Uh, like I said, everybody who supports us on Patreon, thank you so much. Anybody who wants to do so, patreon.com slash the lore boys. Uh, and anybody who doesn't t- trust those fat cats at Patreon, we always have lore boys prime available for you. So the this Patreon week, hegemony uh, keep away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, come to the lore boys hegemony instead. Uh, <laughs> so uh, of course, lore boys prime, as it always does, it always costs $67. Uh, per month, so uh, that's never changed. We've always hardlined sixty-seven dollars. Uh, never will change, probably. Uh, and you get a lot, a ton of cool things in return. In the past, we've given you guys uh, bathtub visits. We have given you guys, you know, uh, trips to double space. Um, all, all sorts of super cool things. And jars this week, skin flakes at some point. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, several jars of skin flakes, probably to each uh, Lore Boys primer. Uh, but this week, we're we're offering you guys something really special—a chance to join the Lore Boys militia. That's right, suit up. We're causing wanton destruction in a neighborhood near you sometime soon. Uh, so make sure to send that sixty-seven dollars, and you guys will be uh, right in there with us installing new governments in your local country. Uh, sometime soon. Uh, if you guys ever wanted to vote on the art for uh, Lore Boys, yeah, too fucking bad. Well, no, now's your chance because you joined oh, the yeah. for sixty-seven dollars a month, and uh, all of a sudden you get a vote. You know, that's that's how it counts. Uh, you do have to wait two years for your vote to to actually count. So, yeah. Yeah. everybody gets a trebuchet and their very own uh, mayonnaise shampoo. Yeah, so, so that's <laughs> keep the pedos uh, out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's our that's our offer for you guys. Thanks so much for listening, and I guess as always, that constitutes a lore, a lore boys. boys salute. Trebucheting out. Salute. Uh, my name is Peter, and this is really more of a butthole-themed roundtable. My name's Ethan, and some people call me the man who was born with no butthole. My name's James. I was watching live PD today, and a guy put half an ounce of cocaine in his butt and denied that it was his. Well, there's no way to prove that it was his. It was his butt. Yeah, that could have been anyone's. That's could've why been anybody. Yeah, it could have been anybody's cocaine. <laughs> Sir, uh, before you got on this airplane, did you pack your own butt today? Yeah. <laughs> you know, really, I don't think I did. Uh, I packed it, but I did leave it unattended for a while. Yeah, I, l- I left my butt unattended when I fell asleep face down in the airport. So anybody, <laughs> could, anybody could have put cocaine in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 